podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. chapter 1, 26 through 45, and we're starting or continuing, should I say, our journey, our Christmas journey. Last week, if you remember, cast your minds back a whole week, if possible, we had a look at uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, and we saw the angel Gabriel came to Zachariah and said, you're going to have a son, and he sort of went, hmm, how can this be possible? It seems impossible. And God said, no, this is what's happening. And he went and told Elizabeth via a note. As his mouth, his lips were sealed because he exclaimed, how can this be? And then we saw Elizabeth's reaction to the news that they were going to have a son. They were going to call him John and he was going to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. And she said, the Lord has done this for me. The Lord has done this for me. And as the New Testament church, as we saw then last week, we have that same privilege, that same joy. That favour from God. And if she goes on to say her disgrace has been removed, that our disgrace has been removed because of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, our sin has been dealt with. Jesus has dealt with it all on the cross. The Lord has done this for me. And he has done that for you. This week then, Caesar's in Nazareth. For some of you here this morning, the birthplace of Jesus... For the rest of us, <coughs> where Jesus grew up, all right? So this, this week sees us in Nazareth and a young woman called Mary is about to get some miraculous news. So let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 1 verse 26 through 45. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, who we saw last week, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? A town in Galilee to a virgin placed to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will last a short while. Sorry? His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, 
For no word from God will ever fail. Amen? No word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promise to her. And we pray the Lord might bless the reading of his word. It's an amazing account that we get here. Mary, this young Jewish woman, devout Jewish woman, pledged to be married. She's a virgin and she's told that she is highly favoured. In verse 28, and she's going to conceive and give birth to a son. Naturally, Mary's quite afraid. You would be, wouldn't you? All of a sudden, uh, the angel appears to her and she's like, well, what kind of greeting might this be? And I wonder what experiences, and I try and always try and put myself in the story. So I try and find out what's going on. What kind of experiences had Mary had to this point on her journey? She was a a young woman who obviously followed what the word of God said. She stuck to the law. She was devout. She did what she needed to do. She's found favour in God's arms. She probably had come under a little bit of oppression every now and again for being that one who's always there. You know, the one who's, oh, well, of course, Mary's praying. You, you You know the kind of comments, don't you? She, oh, well, yeah, well, good old Mary, she'd never do anything wrong. And you start to get a picture where you think, well, actually, when she sees this greeting, um, you know, you can imagine that there's maybe been in her past before that sarcastic tone that sort of says, oh, highly favoured Mary, here she is again, doing what she's supposed to do, making the rest of us feel bad. And she thinks, what kind of greeting might this be? But I love the way that the account gives us the reality then of of the whole picture. Because the angel then says to her, do not be afraid, Mary. That's key for me. Because in that moment, there's a piece there, isn't there? Oh, it's not somebody's, you know, just playing games. This person who I've never met before, this angel that's now appeared, has said my name has said, don't be afraid, Mary. And straight away you start to work out that actually all that's gone before her has been meant to be, and now Mary's in a position where she's found favour with God. And the angel's about to give her some news that I don't really think that she could ever have dreamt of, could even be remotely possible. It's news that is going to change, of course, her entire life. This news is going to change everything. As the angel moves to calm her and to settle her fears, she now knows she's known by name. And then we get this, verse 31. You will conceive 
and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now there are five pretty obvious questions, are there not? When you go through what the angel said to her, you'll conceive, give birth to a son, into calling Jesus, he will be great and called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, he'll reign on, his, uh, on the, the throne forever, his kingdom will never fade. And you think, right, okay, myriad of questions, Mary. Let's start with one more. And she goes soon. Listen. <laughs> And the angel has given an answer in order for me to know what's going to occur. But if we go back to Zachariah's question. So Luke chapter 1 and verse 18. Zachariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well on in years. Did you notice the difference in the way the question is posed? How can I be sure of this? And Mary says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? You see, the reality is that Zachariah had been praying for a number of years. Him and his wife had spent hours and days in prayer, praying for a child. And they were absolutely certain that it was never going to happen. That's where their mind was. They were certain it was never going to happen. We are praying for the impossible and Zachariah in his heart thought God can't deliver. We're praying for the impossible and God can't possibly deliver. You see, his heart's in a very different place to where Mary's is. We know he's prayed for a long time and he's then put a limit on what God can do. And that's a dangerous ground to be on. You cannot limit the power of God. You cannot limit what God can do. He's the God of the immeasurably more. He's the God of the impossible. He's the God who put the stars into space. So if he calls it into being, do you know what's going to happen? Well, it's going to be. 
And if God says this is what's going to be, then Zachariah should have kept his mouth shut and gone, okay, God, that's exactly what's going to happen. Listen, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I can't rationalise it. It does not make sense to me at all. But if that's what you say, then that's the case. And Mary is in that position where she's like, okay, there are a few barriers here. (laughs) There's a few things I don't understand. So she asks the simple question, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel says to her, look, the power of the Most High is going to come on you and you're going to bear a son. You're going to conceive and you're going to call him Jesus. And the angel gives the account and tells her the reality. You know, she is in a moment where she then realises that this is the God of the impossible. He's the God of the immeasurably more. But Luke 137, as we've already read, for no word from God will ever fail. Does that mean something might at some point? Well, no, it means no, for no word from God will ever fail. Listen, it seems impossible that somebody like me should have the opportunity at life, should have the opportunity to say sorry for the sin in my life and for God to say, right, because of Jesus' blood, you can go from death to life. It's impossible. It doesn't make sense. The more you look at it, the more you realise we, we have no right to be here. But by the grace of God. Amen? It's completely and utterly impossible. But with God, all things are possible. He is the God of the immeasurably more. Ephesians 3 verse 20. We cannot, we should not doubt God is able to do the things that we think cannot be done. And you know what, church, living with that outlook that says God can do the immeasurably more, it changes who we are as people, doesn't it? Changes our outlook on our Christian walk that says God is the God of miracles. God is the God who put the stars into space. So listen, if he wants tomorrow to happen, even though I think it's not possible, and he says it's going to happen, what's going to happen? Well, tomorrow will. You see, this is the God that we worship. And church, I'm sure at some point we've all experienced this. We can testify to the fact that God is the God of the impossible. We've experienced in our own lives, in our own world, that says, God, listen, we're in a position where we see that nothing good can come from this. And God has said, here we go. And I'm like, what? It's impossible, God. No, nothing's impossible. You see, those two things don't even go together. It's impossible, God. Pardon? (laughs) I think you should be muted as well. Because nothing is impossible for God. Gabriel answers the practical question for Mary. We see that God is going to work the most incredible miracle. But also there's a reality, isn't there? Again, let's go back to Mary, who's found favour in God's eyes. She knows the word. She adheres to the law. She is a devout Jew. She is about to be pregnant. She is not married. There's a reality for this young woman that says, you're in a mess, love. They weren't quite as Derbyshire as me. But there's a reality that says, this is not going to be an easy moment for you, Mary. This is going to be tough. Oh, well, yeah, the angel appeared to me and said I was going to have a son. Of course he did. Of course he did. You good Mary, you. You can imagine those that had the sarcastic comments thinking. (laughs) You see, the reality for this young woman is it was about to be very, very difficult. But Mary's response, 
Mary's response is incredible. She says in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I mean, if that is not faith, if that is not obedience, if that is not a servant heart in action, I do not know what is. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. What a testimony. What a declaration. Knowing what's about to happen. Listen, she's got a a husband that she's pledged to be married to. That's a tough conversation, right? Don't think that she's outside of what we know and what we understand to be real life. She absolutely is. The reality was going to be tough. But she says, God, if you say it, it's going to happen. If that's your will, help me walk in it. Oh, what a heart. You know, church, that is a challenge for us, isn't it? God, if that's your will, help me to walk in it. She was going to need the strength. She was going to need God right by her side. She was going to have those moments where she thought, wow, is this all worth it? Make no mistake about it. And God was going to have to deliver for her to help her through these moments. Here in the news then, Mary rushes to tell Elizabeth. And we get this wonderful picture. And sometimes we can cut it off at 38. And I almost did. And I thought, no. Because actually this gives us, firstly, the reality of what happened last week as we saw Zechariah and Elizabeth. But secondly, it again shows the reality. These are human beings experiencing something completely and utterly miraculous from different ends of the spectrum. One that had been trying for a child, one that never had. Completely different ends of the spectrum. And God is working in both of their lives to bring about the same plan and bring it into fruition. At that time, Mary got ready, hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Isn't that incredible? Elizabeth sort of six months down the line and the baby leaps in her womb. It's like, this is, this is Jesus. This is who I'm about to prepare the way for. This is the mission that God has set me on. And here is the mother of the Lord Jesus. And that is a moment that we get to see that's recorded for us by Luke in history that shows us exactly what's going off. The, the, the magnificence, if you like, of the moment. God's promises, God's word They are playing out in this very moment and we get to see it all in action right here with Elizabeth as she's filled with the Holy Spirit. And the two women discuss, again, opposite ends of the spectrum, an old woman, that's not me claiming it, Zachariah said she was. And we've got a young woman, opposite ends of the spectrum and they have one thing in common and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? They have one thing in common, that God is working a miracle in both of their lives. Let's believe, church, then, today, that God can do what he's promised he can do. That the church is being built and the gates of hell aren't going to stand against it. Why? How do I know? How am I so confident? Because God has spoken it. Amen? Because God has spoken it, so that means it's going to happen. Even I can't get in the way. Amen? Even you can't get in the way. God is building his church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. That we have promises in our lives that God has said this is what's going to happen. Promises to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to to push us forward. Church, this is the joy that we have as his children. 
We've got to believe that we have a God who can do the impossible. We've got to believe that we worship a God of miracles and all things are possible with God. And the challenge for us then, church, right? This is our challenge. Don't be a Zachariah. Don't, don't. Oh no, God, you can't do it. It's impossible. I've prayed it for years. But to actually, it's happened, I can't believe it. You know, we, we see that example, don't we, in Acts, when the church is praying for Peter to be released from prison. And they're praying and they're praying and they're praying and the angel comes and releases Peter and he knocks on the door. And they don't even open the door. Open the door. I can't believe it's Peter. Well, you were praying for it, weren't you? And this is our challenge, church, that if we pray it, that God will bring it into action if it's in line with his will. Let's believe that miracles can happen. Let's not be a Zachariah. Let's be a Mary who believes and is willing to step. We, we believe, we hear, we apply, and I am willing to step. Whatever it is, God, you're with me. Whatever the next step looks like, you're with me. I'm not, I have not got the strength, yet I do know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? So that is who we are to be. That's our challenge. Let's believe that God is the God of the immeasurably more. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you once again for your word. We thank you for its encouragement. We thank you for its truth. And we just pray, Lord God, that you would speak into our hearts, that we would know and understand that you are a God who can do the impossible. Father, the things that we've been praying for, for years perhaps, for those loved ones around about us that don't yet know you as Lord and Saviour. Father, for difficult moments that come into our lives. Father, let's believe that you are hearing, that you listen, that you're attentive, and you will answer our prayers according to your will. Father, Help us to step into your will. Whatever it looks like, we know that you're in control. Help us to have that peace, that assurance that you have got it marked out. Father, we pray that you just continue to bless us and encourage us as your church. We ask all of these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.